Welcome to Never in the Story, Arnie April, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan. This has been a clever quip. I'm Chris, and I love my dog. I'm Shauna, and I'm the self-diagnosed life of the party. I'm Spencer, and I think I've seen this movie before, but I can't remember. Uh, and I'm Tepper, and I was adjusting my mic. This week we'll be watching Total Recall, directed by... Paul Verhoeven. Nailed it. Thank you. Released in 1990. The original cut of this movie was given an X rating by the MPAA for excessive violence. Some violence was trimmed and different uh, camera angles were used in some of the more over-the-top scenes, and it was later uh, re-rated with an R. Damn. Huh. It takes a lot to get an X rating of... Violence. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. just buckle the fuck. I'm surprised it's for violence. Buckle the fuck up, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what was was a full cut like of the with the extra violence scenes ever released? I don't know. I thought about looking into it and I didn't. I brought this movie twist this week. Why? Um. So I've said before. Uh, my mom's boyfriend had a lot of movies, and a lot of them were the Schwarzenegger movies. So I've definitely seen this once or twice. It's not like doesn't top my list of them. Uh, mainly just I don't really know why necessarily. It's just not the one I saw the most. Uh, but I definitely remember having a lot of fun with this one. Uh, the director he made RoboCop, right? Hell yeah! Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually the other piece of trivia I was considering using, because um, Schwarzenegger was originally supposed to be play Robo- RoboCop, but there was issues with the with the uh, outfit. Huh. Huh, uh, good. And then after he saw RoboCop, he, he's like, I really want to work with Paul. And then they both agreed to do this movie together. <laughs> who, who, who directed Starship Troopers? Same. Okay, that's why I was asking. I, I wasn't oh. sure if it was like all three. Rad. Yeah. And it's like, I forget the name of the writer. Spencer, they had the writer of RoboCop. Because I think he worked on this, too, on uh, one of the last Harmontowns, you might remember. Yeah, no, that was a really interesting uh, one. Edward New Edward Neumeyer. Uh, does anyone else have a connection to this film? Um, I watched it when I was a kid. And there's a part in it that I can't spoil, but uh, obviously will stick with you for the rest of your goddamn life. Hmm. Um, I don't know. My dad liked... Arnie movies, but mostly I liked it as a kid because I'm I love Philip K. Dick. I love <laughs> Philip K. Dick. I think he's an amazing author, and I've seen I think I've seen every film adaptation to date of Philip K. Dick. Oh, uh, this is a Philip K. Dick. Uh, Hell yeah! Damn. This is one of his best short stories for for my money. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch this one. Uh, the things I know about it is um, I think I want a divorce. Line is from this movie. Uh, you don't have to confirm that. Um, also, life. <laughs> like, it's not an incredibly original line. No. It's just what you say to someone when you want a divorce. I, I, I mean, the it showed up in, like, an Arnie compilation of, like, one-liners where, I guess, like, he shoots his wife and then goes, I want a divorce. Or something like that. Um, I think I've seen the final fight scene of the remake. Well, I think I just watched it randomly one time on YouTube. And that's everything I know. I haven't seen this movie, but I have seen the remake 
And that's what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, I forgot there was a remake, and I don't believe I've ever seen it. Bruce Willis, I'm pretty sure. Nope. Um, Wait, not Bruce Willis. Chris Farrell, not Chris Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Really? That's yeah, it. weird choice, right? Huh. Uh, what about yourself, Spencer? I guess your opening thing was that yeah, you've maybe so seen it. I think, honestly, like, I have a weirdly vague memory. I think someone once used this movie as an object lesson in church. <laughs> is the memory I have of it. Holy shit. I don't specifically remember what it was, but I know that I heard about this movie, like, when I was a kid and was, like, generally familiar with the plot details of it. And the only way that I can think that that would have happened is someone used it either as, like, an illustration in a a class at some point or, or, like, a trendy youth pastor was, like, trying to make a a sermon about popular movie, I guess. They didn't show it to you, did they? No. <laughs> okay. Just told good. us about it. Uh, Spencer, I actually got a question. Did they ever use like Star Trek as an example for like any kind I'm of? I'm sure to... they did. Cause... Star Trek, admittedly, though, is really hard to use as an example for church because of how like liberal it is. Uh, yeah. So, so the reason I say that is because like I guess I went to like a decently liberalish like Catholic high school, but our philosophy teacher showed us quite a few Star Trek episodes as, like, examples of, like, philosophy and stuff like that and, like, lessons and things. Like, like the first episode of the original series was, like, Plato's Cave, that kind of thing. How did you travel through time and become Tepper's Catholic uh, philosophy teacher in high school, (laughs) Spencer? Time's a flat circle. (laughs) Um, They did that in my Catholic school with Lord of the Rings. Really? And, um... It, well, and um, th- that that was off the back of doing it on Narnia, which, like, obviously. Yeah, Narnia, I could see Lord of the Rings less. It's so. Christian allegory. But yeah, no, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they, they, huh. we, we had a cool youth. We had a cool youth priest who taught us how rad Jesus was because of G- Gandalf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they they love taking shit that the kids are talking about right now and figuring out how it relates to Jesus, even if it doesn't. You know what's the greatest shadow realm of all, you Yu-Gi-Oh lovers? Hell. (laughs) (laughs) And if you sin, you're going to be sent right there. Kaiba will send you right to the shadow realm. Kaiba doesn't have that power. Except when he's possessed by a ghost. I guess Yami Yugi would be Jesus in that that allegory. Very much so. Unfortunately, like, any moral message that Star Trek usually has to offer is so, like, thoroughly rooted in humanism that it's mm-hmm. really hard to, to make, like, religious <laughs> allegories to it. Because, like, anytime they're like, why don't you just, like, kick the guy you don't like down the stairs? And he's like, we don't do that because we're humans and we all have to be together and work together to be good humans. And I'm like, that didn't say God once. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tangent, but I'm watching Deep Space Nine, and in season four they changed the theme song, and it's really rattled me. Is, is it, like, good or bad? They they basically just take like okay the normal theme song has like a melody line and they just put like more layering on it. Huh. Mm. So it's just like what if the theme song had like thirty percent more sound? I've I've heard Deep Space Nine is good. I watched uh, Deep Space Nine is really. Good. I watched all the clips with the uh, spy on the ship, the Taylor. 
Yeah. Yeah. He, Derek. Yeah. He's really good. I love every scene he's in, especially his relationship with the doctor is hilarious because the doctor's so like, kind of like naive and like, nah, like let's, let's be good people. The spy's like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> the, um, the thing I will say about Deep Space Nine is you have to care a lot about the like politics of Star Wars or Star yes. Trek because like, yeah, yeah. The original series and the next generation and even Voyager have a lot of like monster of the week quality yes. where like every week we we have a new thing that we're talking about. Deep Space Nine, you really need to understand like these people invaded these people, then these people did that. And this is why all these people hate each other and what their relations to each other are. Because there's a lot of like the Klingons are working with the Romulans and you're like, but they hate each other. And like, yeah, but you should have seen what the Cardassians did to them last week. Join us on our Deep Space Nine podcast, everyone. We're now showing Tepper the poster for the movie. Uh, Please describe it and tell us what you think the movie's about. Ignore the green text. This was the best quality version I could find. Yeah, no worries. Schwarzenegger, right at the top. Um, His face in uh, blue, it's very big, takes up about half the poster, roughly. Uh, And it says, get ready for the ride of your life. Total recall. And then there's, like, a pyramid with, like, or a black pyramid with, like, orange light and what looks like the Earth kind of on it. Um, and then there's, like, stars in the background. There's a second circle, like, oh, orbiting whoop, the pyramid. Oh, whoops, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the moon. It's probably not the moon, but whatever. Unimportant. I think go so- with your gut. I I need way more predictions about what's going to okay. happen in this movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh like I said, I from like pop culture, I've definitely absorbed like a bit of the plot for this movie, but isn't it something like normal life guy gets some kind of operation done to him, starts to remember he was like a super spy. Shit goes downhill from there. I don't know the rest. Where does it take place? Oh, Earth. Ooh, that's actually tough. There's lots of stars. I'll say... Yeah, it obviously takes place in Egypt. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll say... Okay, okay. Earth is kind of an obvious answer, but I'll go with, like, a, um... Like, like, spaceship of some kind. Like, space colony or something like that. Okay. I'll go with that. I want to be more adventurous with this, this one. Earth is basic shit. Also, Schwarzenegger is the night sky. (laughs) Holy hell. This is a very detailed zoom in of him. Like, yeah. I can see his pores on this poster. You don't yeah. get this in modern posters. Like, modern posters, none of the people have pores. Their skin are just smooth. He's got beautiful, kissable lips. Oh. <laughs> you don't really notice that. <laughs> and beautiful, bulletproof eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a piercing gaze. Um. But yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited for this movie. I've heard amazing things about it. Um, I kind of wish pop culture wasn't so prevalent with this movie so that I would know absolutely nothing about it. But, you know, it happens sometimes. Uh, you don't always know what movies you'll end up watching, so you don't know what to avoid. I will say, like, the parts that you described that are correct, they're real early on, so, like, it's yeah. not... Yeah, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's what I mean, is, like, I feel like I know some of the early on details, but, like, all the later stuff I know very little about. Um, I guess, like, knowing this kind of thing, probably a totalitarian government of some kind. Sci-fi loves that shit. 
Um, and it's also rad as fuck. That's 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 about it. Yeah, excited to watch it. Glad to be watching it with you guys. All right, we'll see you after the film. <laughs> you think this is the real Quaid? It is. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? Probably the best Arnold movie. Hot damn. That was so fucking violent. Like, <laughs> this yeah. movie fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much. Wow. Not, wow. <laughs> yeah, strong. I like this. So, yeah. I feel like I have a lot to say, but I want to hear Shauna's opinions. Yeah, like, yeah, right yeah. Shauna can go. So I watched the remake, and that's what I went into this, and it's so much better. Oh my god. The the crazy sci-fi elements, the mutants, the, the blood and gore. This is the kind of level of violence I want in my action movies. I want the blood spatter. I want the red mm. hands. I want the blood gushing out. Shauna's like, give me the X-rated version, please. <laughs> The only thing it was missing was uh, Arnie using Michael Ironside's arms to dab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree with that assessment. Like, I didn't ever feel like it was, ex- like, okay, the whole movie was obviously gratuitous, but frequently, like, more than anything, I was like, this is a scene that would be in a normal action movie, except with, like, not PG-13 gore. Yes. Yeah, like I thought it it straddled the line between um hitting the tone it wanted and like oh no man you're going way overboard like really well. Like I never I was never like sitting there like oh god this you know this this so, is stupid amounts of blood. This is like a tan- like this is a topic I want to get into in depth at some point but like the weird moral ambiguity of the character where he like uses the the dead guy in front of him as a human shield just being like yeah, yeah well i mean like if god gives you lemons <laughs> well, i mean he was already dead so it was like well, well exactly but like and again yeah. like i think this is a whole topic about how like the main character does not have uh any ideals and like just does what he does because the most recent person convinced him that that's the what the true hit like yeah he's just been reprogrammed so many times that he's just doing things yeah well and like because like he has only been this person for six months or six weeks six weeks yeah that's six weeks a month and a half (laughs) the moment where he starts to become like a person is when he finally like breaks out of the second recall uh and goes like yeah no no i'm not i'm not going back to being that guy and impales a man on his shackle Yes, that was like oof. <laughs> um, okay. Do you guys think that the light at the end is meant for us to infer that he was in fact in the brain machine that he went into in the first place? Because ultimately, like the guy who was saying, like this is what you paid for, man, is like, no, that it is what he paid for. Yeah, um, I find, so personally, I find it was all a dream stuff tends to be extremely unsatisfying. You read Word Up magazine. Sorry, I was compelled. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Um, so I will say that, uh, leaving that little thing at the end is Philip K. Dick as fuck. 
Right. Like to have you not really not like or I think it is implied that this is all like I think the average theater goer sees the end of that and thinks like, okay, we are in reality at the end of this. But uh, like a little wink of like, maybe we aren't. That's very that's very Philip K. Dick, which is amazing. It's like two notches farther down the Inception scale. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was going to say this movie really more than almost any of the other movies except maybe original Blade Runner really captures the feeling of Philip K. Dick stories. Um, although, like, this story is short. The story's, like, in, in my memory, like, five pages long. Um, but mm. Verhoeven and I think O'Bannon is the guy that wrote this. Like, they really yeah. extrapolate out this movie um, yeah, like really well. O'Bannon started writing this in 1970, but he's like, the technology just isn't there. This would be way too expensive to make. And then they made a little thing called Alien nine years later. Because they're just like, we'll shelf this for now. <laughs> Start working on this Alien story. So, Chris, yeah. uh, how, how how does this differ from the short story? Um, who In spirit, not very, but in terms of plot, quite a bit. So, um, it's not as complicated, and everything's like way extrapolated out. the The okay. mutants are are kind of also cribbed from other Philip K. Dick stories, like um, uh, the Golden Child. I want to say is the story. Um, he he writes lots of stories about there being mutants, but the like in the story, if I'm remembering correctly, he has a wife. He's, like, obsessed with Mars. Um, he goes and gets recalled, but there's already memories in there. Um, eventually, he, like, goes back. The twist that's in the story, which is very Philip K. Dick, is eventually he goes, like, he turns himself in. Um, hmm. And uh, there are, like, different people who can talk to him directly in his brain. And he has this memory of when he was a kid of finding these tiny aliens who were going to invade Earth, but they like he's such a charming little boy that they decide <laughs> they, they'll wait until he's gone. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, uh, and, and the voices in his head tell him, oh, that was just a hallucination from when you were a child. Let's put you in the machine again. But then it turns out that that was real. And everything oh. else was uh, fake. Wild. I, yeah. I know that the name was Quail, and he was an accountant. Yes, Qua I kept being like, "Who the fuck is Quaid?" Yeah, I guess the name Quail didn't fit Arnie's profile. Mm. This is one of the few Arnie movies where they explain why he's a big like Austrian German man because <laughs> his actual name is Hauser. I was like, "Hot damn!" And and he's making like mm. protein shakes at the start too. I was like, "Okay, uh. we're f like." This isn't like other movies where he's like, hello, my name is O'Donnell. <laughs> well, and especially when they were like, hey, no, like it's the agency that did this. The agency. I was like, OK, he's an agent. That's why he's buff. But yeah. it turns out, no, he's a rich man's friend. I mean, he was an agent. Uh, yeah, he was, he was also just, an agent. He was, oh, just... he, he was also an agent? Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. an he was agent who was friends with the head of the agency oh okay yeah yeah, and is yeah. This, sorry just to, to make sure i understand the lore here is this like a trans an interplanetary agency or is this like the mars you whodunit society um, in the book uh, sorry in the in the short story it's much more apparent that like earth like mars is a colony that is being exploited by earth and mars wants its freedom and, like, Cohagen uh, is the evil, like, Earth governor that rules Mars. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Whereas in this, he's like capitalist. It's yeah. I mean, six of one. Yeah. So like, <laughs> he represents the agency, and the agency is an Earth organization, but Earth owns Mars. So, yeah. Yeah, like, it seems like his job is to get resources from Mars. Yeah. Yes. So Which it's is... not like they're a secret agency. I think the agency is. I don't think the agency's job is to get the turbidium or whatever from from Mars. Because like it seems to me like if you're running a Mars mining colony, you're not a secret agency. So like he he's the representative of the agency, but also definitely like owns the mining company. Uh, oh. Like he's got it. He's got he double dips. Yeah, I would. I, that's yeah. how I would see it. Um, yeah. Yeah, this movie was rad. It also really makes me want to get back into The Expanse. Because The Expanse does a lot of this in similar ways. Hell it's a yeah. good show. I've only seen the first season, but... But yeah, no, this this movie was... Uh, like, like Arnold gave a solid performance, like, once again. Like, he yeah. did His French. Good job. <laughs> really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Listeners, uh, when we first started playing this movie... Uh, so the movie starts twenty seconds, no dialogue, or three. Well, three minutes yeah. if you include the opening credits. Okay, three minutes, no dialogue, and then the dialogue hit, and it was French. Like ah, so we restarted. Three minutes, we're waiting. Dialogue hits. It's French again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Technomancer. <laughs> oh. You guys are gonna be really impressed once I've done this like six times. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so so like Arnold's performance was excellent. Um, he argued like in the first two minutes oh, of the movie. He argued hard. There's yeah. a lot of arguing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of really good performances. Like Sharon Stone, yeah, does an excellent housewife slash secret agent. Yep. There's no real like weak point in this movie. Yeah, I felt kind of constantly like at any time they could show up and go like, "But what if this was a dream?" And I'd be like. Is this the twist? Like, I I don't know how to read the movie if this, if they're telling me to believe this or not to believe this. The biggest weakness of the movie is probably that Michael Ironside hadn't just accepted and shaved his whole head yet. <laughs> <laughs> he was still rocking it pretty well, the balding look. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it, it was cool, and like the like the double twist there was was pretty sweet like the no you actually were working for me the whole time yeah well and like and the middle the the fake out twist also like that scene is excellent yeah where just yeah. Like, it's like i i'm from recall i just i came in here to tell you that things went a little off he played it so cool yeah. and just the one beat of sweat gave him away yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he was so close um yeah that well like that's what i was saying like yeah like they came in there and i was like is is this the twist? Like, is this where this is going right now? And they're like, no, beat of sweat. And I was like, damn, that was that was a really good fake out. Like, you had me going. Yeah. Because, like, he gets a gun pointed to his head and all that stuff, and he's just, like, really cool with it. Yeah. They got yeah. a good actor. Yeah. I mean, what's there to be afraid of? He's just a simulation. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, and like like the the sci fi stuff was all re- like I love the design of the whole like alien infrastructure within the pyramid. Mm-hmm. I thought was really cool because it wasn't like a direct rip of other stuff I've seen, but like it had a cool cool look to it. All the it angles and good. stuff, and yeah, yeah. So this was one of the last movies to use like miniatures, and also one of the first movies to use what was being called photorealistic CGI. 
and like it nailed both really well yeah like this is 1990 this is 30 years ago and everything that looks a little not quite right is charming in the, like the skeletons yes and yeah. the uh yeah. the head uh bomb yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great oh man so he like pulls he pulls on the ear and a giant like yeah like, fusion cell comes out and then it comes off his head and there is no room for that thing <laughs> i do not know where that was that scene was weird also why did it fail like i don't understand yeah. like they never explained to me like oh you can only program like four responses into these things and you wasted one of them on see a sucker yeah exactly so he only had three questions <laughs> worth in him I think it, I don't think it's like, a yak just, back. I think it, I think like it, it it can program a ton. It just like he had to get a shitty one or something. That's just yeah. like the most Paul Verhoeveny thing in this movie I, I, too. I was just if there was one scene I felt was slightly unnecessary, it was that one. Like I felt like that one went one way too long. But like minor gripe, movie's really good. Yeah, I wouldn't even say way too long. He definitely like is just saying two weeks for a very long time. But otherwise, and putting his fingers in his mouth. Yeah, the, like, yeah, that's, that's just like maybe I can fix this. <laughs> that more so was the part where I felt like went on way too long. It was just like standing there, kind of like screaming ish. Well, with the fingers in the mouth, I'm like, mm. but Arnie with tits though. <laughs> and I like that this technology wasn't introduced. Like we get introduced to most of the technology reasonably, or it gets like Chekhov's gunned. But this one, it just came out of nowhere. We don't know what's happening until he takes it off, and it's just. And the reveal is so well done. Yes. Like, he doesn't mm. just pull off a mask. It, yeah. No, and we're it's... all sitting there like, how, how is he doing this disguise? And I figure, like, maybe it's like a hologram thing. No, it's a physical face that he's wearing on his head. That was so good. <laughs> Packed with explosives. Yeah. And, like, it seems it seems really stable. Like, I'd, like I'd be totally comfortable with that piece of machinery having C4 wrapped around my skull. <laughs> I like the idea that he and Michael Ironsides rode the same rocket to Mars. Because they were right behind him. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yep. <laughs> so the one complaint I had about that scene where I was like, why don't the blast doors, like, close automatically? Because, like, you see a screen flashing, like, loss of pressure. And I was like... Just have the thing that detects yeah. loss of pressure connect to the thing that closes the doors. No, no, no. See, this is like this, this is a government-built facility. You really think they're gonna they're gonna like jump for that kind of ex accessory? Well, and also like later they tell me like, oh no, like the guy who made this like cheaped out on it. That's why there's like mutants and stuff. And I go like, oh yeah, I guess it would probably be cheaper to not hook up to not bother hooking those things up and like yeah. or just doing it. Have have glass that is both too thin to reduce the radiation from the sun and also completely just easily shattered. <laughs> yeah, like you hear them like at the beginning going like, do not approach the exterior glass. Yeah, do like, not touch like, it, Look, please. Our solution to this problem is nobody gets within 10 yards of it. <laughs> Maybe don't use glass. They choose to use glass in this movie for many things that like, I feel like a plastic or a bulletproof sort of thing might be better. You know what? You know what Mars has a lot of sand. <laughs> oh, it's cheap. Oh, it's capitalism again, guys. <laughs> In the future, all things will be made out of easily broken glass. It's this capitalist oligarch again. It's all. I get it. I really. Can we please isolate Chris just sighing and going? Ugh, it's capitalism again. <laughs> good amount. Good amount of defenestration in this film. 
Yeah, true. I guess it also, like, he, he jumps... I fucking loved when he's in front of the x-ray machine and those, like, clunky, <laughs> the, the weirdly animated 3D yeah. skeletons yeah. are, like, reaching, and then he jumps through the thing, well, and I'm just like... You see the skeleton. You 2D chess, and he was playing 3D chess. You see the skeleton look at each side and, like, consider... <laughs> yeah. And then look right on. I thought we were just going like, to see, oh, right. like, the skeleton shoot. Just shoot. Oh, yeah, he had a gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't killing. He wasn't because those were those were just like security guards. At up until that point, he was he was only killing in self defense, so he was he wasn't going to kill innocent people. He wasn't used to the whole like murder thing yet. Yeah, mm, and like reasonable. throughout the movie, he never killed any. I mean, the only guards he killed w- would have been on Mars, which were much more in the pocket of the agency. Probably okay. Okay. That reads. Even then, reads. I don't... No, no, he definitely... Never mind. He killed a lot of guards, but it was very much in ambush self-defense. Oh, man, the hologram. So good. Yeah, the fight scene with the hologram was actually really well done, and That's I so really good. love that. It's a good, like, scene for that, too. You think very... I'm the real Hauser? Yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! That was so good. Fuck! That was so good. And, like, you see it coming because, obviously, that's what he would do in this exact... But, like, still, it it's perfect. Because, like, you see the, like, guys look at each other and go, like, okay, well, like, where is he? Then he goes, like, die. If he yeah. doesn't pause at all, he doesn't give them enough time to, like... He just, like, brings the punchline down immediately. Yeah, well, and, like, tossing it back and forth between both people is real good. <laughs> that's always just for him, I'm realizing now. Because the people he quips to, he kills in all of these movies. So this is yeah. just yeah. for Arnie to, like, well, have a little fun. Especially, like, with his with his fake wife. He very much kills her and then quips. <laughs> so, like, in um, Mr. Robot, at one point, uh, uh, the wife of some character who's, like, super ruthless has her, like, lover killed because he's going to betray her. And her, the bodyguard of hers who does it goes, like, why did you have me poison him? I could have just, like, you know, killed him or whatever. And he goes, like, no, like, a man deserves to know why he's going to die before he dies. And, like, I think this is just Arnold's version of that. <laughs> like, you, you're, you, he wants your dying thought to be, oh, damn, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> the mutants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you want to talk about them a lot. Okay, first, the prosthetics, on point, amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And so much better than the remake. So, like, the, the three-breasted woman. She was the only breasts we saw in that whole movie. And we saw them a lot. Yeah, we there did. There like three different scenes with, they, with her breasts. They out. really wanted to get their money out of those three breasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a trinity of trinities. You have to show the, the three-breasted woman three times right. to, com- <laughs> to complete the circle. And then she appears behind you in the mirror. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's great because she has them because she's a mutant in the remake. It, it, she this woman just surgically did that for herself like she has a conscious choice she made Boo. yes there are no mutants in the remake they don't go to mars in the remake it's all on earth yeah well in the story they don't go to mars but this this was great and just like i love the little mutant belly person who was the leader of the resistance living inside the shadow leader of Quattle. the resistance yeah quaddle yes and they can't be awake at the same time for some reason I did not expect that thing to have that voice. Quato to have kind of a nice, like, if a little warbly voice. Yeah. Weirdly baritone. 
Like, I don't think he should ha- be able to make that sound. I forgot this was the source material for the reference in the one episode of South Park, uh, where they go skiing. It's an it's a interesting call that they made. It's a good scene. <laughs> and I love the cab driver. He takes his arm off, and it's a mutant arm. And, like, that's a really cool arm. And then it really lends to the twist that he was working against everybody the whole time. Legitimately, when he showed that and he's like, don't worry, I'm on your side, I'm a mutant. I was like, that's not a credential. Like, I guess they're all on the same side because they're all mutants. And then he like betrayed them. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I was right. <laughs> did, he, did he actually like he very much said, I'm one of you. I don't know if he actually said I'm on your side even. No, he said I'm on your side. Oh, OK. Yeah. Honestly, though, all I thought when I saw him do that was like, man, you'd get really stiff and uncomfortable. Like, just think about it. Like, imagine if you had to, like, keep your hand on your shoulder all day. Maybe his mutation is such that it isn't uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if his mutation was that he wasn't a dick? Like, <laughs> I'm assuming that not all mutants are psychic, but all psychics are mutants. That seems to be, yeah, to be. The, the way that works. Yeah, that checks out. You need, like, one big eye and one small eye to be a psychic mutant. Or um, to be in a stomach, except it seems like the people in a stomach can only do it by touch. Maybe the other people can only do it by touch, but she did get his birthday right. So I kind of took that to be, like, she's got psychic at range. It's a real reason they were told never to touch the windows, is because they would have seen that the blast doors were going to be closed soon. <laughs> um the the gut the, the uh mutant who's kind of a dick to quaid and just like takes a bullet and then just spends hours with that open bullet wound <laughs> while they all start suffocating he's just like yeah i don't have enough air to dress with this wound no oh man and else you uh i've been you're commenting it was poetic the, the leader who's cutting off the air, he gets angry and knocks over his fish tank and the fish are all suffocating. And then it cuts to the people suffocating. Like, Mwah! Cinematic. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven's a genius, guys. Like, this, this is so much better than it has to be. Also, that sector had a lot of hours of air in it. They're like, it's like, this is like a by day. morning they'll be dead. It's yeah. like, that's, that's a long time. I like how they're all able to just, like, get up and walk around like they were minutes away from asphyxiation, and then they're like, no, no, no I got, like, two good breaths in me, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> also, though, like, I really like how the villain, like, went up to ludicrous speed on his villainy uh, uh, when he's like, look at them all dying, and he's like, could you let them go? Like, you've got me now. And he goes, fuck them. Like, literally <laughs> says, fuck them. And I'm just like, why? Like, don't they work for you like correct me if i'm wrong but like to be a successful monopolist you you need people to monopolize right i mean it was one section of the city which seemed to be entirely populated by rebels yeah if you're gonna lose one that seems like the Mm. one to lose it was definitely like a high ratio of rebels at least now I've got an excuse. Like, you could see when he was talking to the guy, like, oh, we'll flush him out of there. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah. this is perfect. Now I can justify 
turning off the air in here. But then later when he can't do it, he's like, nah, I kind of like already made my peace with this decision. <laughs> so like, yeah. The old lady. That was an amazing interaction for no reason. And I loved it. He just, this, the guy drops off the suitcase for the handoff. And he comes to get it, and an old lady just, oh, a free suitcase. And she just takes it for herself. And he has to gra- grab it from her and argues with her, like, it's my suitcase. Get your own. It's just, she just, she was stealing it, too. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> definitely a move of an old lady. It was great. Well, and, like, you definitely get the impression that this is, like, definitely supposed to be, like, 1980s New York kind of deal. Where, like, there's all kinds of hustlers and people going on, like... Just here's my cab explosion. Welcome to Mars. <laughs> I just want um to see the like hey no that's my suitcase. Oh, I guess you can have it credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real good. Lots of excellentness. I like there was a small hint of s- sexuality at the beginning when uh, when she asked What's your sexual orientation? Heterosexual, which implied non-heterosexual sexuality existed, which a lot of movies just don't touch on. And, like, this is not a big touch-on, but I just thought I'd mention it. Oh, yeah. A little hint there. And they, like, they sell brain fantasies, so hopefully they're paying attention. I mean, like, you get the impression that they they get what they're selling. Yeah. I mean, if you're paying for a level four female. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Fuck. Put the, everybody put that on your Tinder. <laughs> I'm a level four female. Level two barbarian. <laughs> it's a good multi-class. And I do like that whole um, scene at the memory... Pl- Is it called Total Recall? It's Total Recall. It's, okay, I like the scene at the recall place, because like, if you've never heard of this movie and you don't know anything about it, and just seeing that, I found it like a really cool start of the events. Just like, oh, he's just confused with the memories. No, you don't understand. I didn't implant the memories yet. He's a spy. We gotta get rid of him now. And just like, oh fuck. I love and like their their decision is to drug him and throw throw him into a taxi and yeah. pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was actually great. Like they're just like fuck, like, we stumbled onto something that we should not have seen, and the guy's just like, just literally get rid of him. We will just set everything that he touched on fire and move on with our lives. Yeah, well, because like, the doctor was very much like, it's like, you know you know exactly who fucking took his memories. It was the agency. Like, <laughs> this is going to get bad. And it worked Slap. out for them. I assume. We don't see them get fucked up, so. Yeah, I'm sure there's an extended scene where they're just all dead. <laughs> I really liked... That, like, at the start, he, like, busts out of their, like, measly Velcro, and at the end they put him in these, like, crazy metal Frankenstein manacles, <laughs> and he still just rips them out, like, goddamn. Yeah. That was good stuff, and then he kills so many nerds. <laughs> Leave one gun guy with your nerds! Have you guys ever seen James Bond movies? <laughs> I really want to see, like, a counter on the bottom of the screen that just, like, ticks up one time every time they're like, we can't possibly get out of this situation, and the answer is, Arnold Schwarzenegger is very strong. (laughs) (laughs) Or or good at guns. You see the, like, 
inches thick steel manacles they put him in to hold him into that machine, and he's just like, what if I was strong? And rips the machine apart. Yeah. And the one guy's solution was to grab the axe that, for some reason, is on Mars. <laughs> Again, it's in case of aliens, just like you have chainsaws in case of demons. <laughs> um, it's a medical-grade axe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, early on, when um, he takes the gun from his what he thought was his wife and she just like she's like well i've lost and like gets up and like sits in the chair next to him (laughs) (laughs) like just she played that so well Mm. and like her whole plan that entire time was obviously like i bet i can still manipulate him based on who he thinks i am yeah like he doesn't know what cards i have well we could probably head to tepper's top soon and be home in time for cornflakes. Oh, <laughs> what a line! Yeah, like in time for breakfast or lunch or what? You you say a meal time. You don't say the food you're gonna eat. No, we no, no, all no. know Paul Verhoeven's in the pocket of big cornflake. You see, unlike pizza bagels, you can only have cornflakes at exactly <laughs> seven thirty-two. <laughs> at least in the springtime. True. Unfortunately, springtime on Mars is ten months. Also, I did like the head blowing up animatronics. Those were fun. It was gross and gory and a little bit cheesy. Oh, because of like on on the Martian surface. Yeah. Okay. Just... I thought you meant the head that actually exploded. The 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 decoy head. Ah. Yeah, I had a really good time with this movie. It just. Just a lot of modern movies, they don't just, like, go out there. Like, just go hog wild anymore. So this was nice. This was refreshing. It was just nice to see all these crazy elements come together with action and fun stuff. And it was was good. It was good stuff. Yeah. And, like, we saw some really cool technology that just wasn't important at all. Like, the receptionist changing her nail colors. Yeah, exactly. I love just little things like that that just add to the world and you just get a little peek at it. It's all fun. It's always interesting to me which things are, like, prescient and which things aren't. Like, she's basically doing Wii Fit at one point yeah. with, with Terra oh, Wii yeah. Tennis, I guess. Um, and, but, yeah, there's, like, screens everywhere. They don't have cell phones, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Self-driving taxis. Yeah, I like the screens everywhere, and I know it's because of the time the movie was made, but the screens are so thick. Like, they're just full television sets. No flat screens. Yeah. It's just fun to see old movies like, well, like that. Like his giant briefcase, and then he pulls out the smaller briefcase that is a screen. Yeah. <laughs> with a giant battery pack. <laughs> Get your ass to Mars. Yeah, it, it's nice. It's just all these little set touches that really brought out the world. Just like the casual technology everywhere. Yeah, I really like the setting. It was good. Like, I think the only time the setting really jumped to me, like, in a bad way, was right at the end, when it's clear it's a green screen of Mars. Otherwise, it, like, these felt like physical sets, or, like, the, even the models looked really good. Anyone got a musical transition? <laughs> Tempest tops. Alright. Wow, that really spiked. I'll make it softer when I edit. <laughs> It'll—it's pierced into my brain forever. 
All right. Um, this movie, I think, goes into the number seven slot. Mm. Knocking out Conan the Barbarian. Truly the best Arnie movie. Yeah, it. Uh, this movie just has a lot of stuff that I like. Like, it just hits a lot of notes, similar to why I liked like, War Games so much. Um, man, same with, like, The Iron Giant. And, does like, it's just... just a... love movies from the 80s? What? So does Temper just love movies from the 80s? This is from the 90s. Oh, is it? 1990. Yeah. Yes. The oh. 90s. Oh, so... Mm. <laughs> a rump. <laughs> a <rough>, I say. <laughs> um... Yeah, and, like, it's a very, very well-done movie. It's, like, well-rounded. Like, there's no real weakness to it. Like, the action's all very good. The story is all very good. And, like, yeah, no no, no real complaints about it. I liked it more than, than Conan. Um, but, uh, yeah, good movie. Not really much else to say. All right. What about the villain? Cohagen and the Agency. Um... They're not as compelling. Like, like they work well within the movie, but they're not, like, super interesting on their own. Their villainy is kind of distributed. Yeah. Like, how would I say? Like, like they're fine. Like, they, they, ser- they serve the role that they're meant to serve well, but they're not really anything special or above and beyond, uh, like many of the other villains. They They do some good twists, though. Yeah, but that's... Uh, I'm not sure if I would... I'm not sure where I would attribute that. Yeah, we find we find out that his, like, Cohagen's plan is incredibly deep and detailed and yeah. didn't quite go as planned, but... Yeah, like, the plan was good. It, like, more so what I mean is, like, just everything else is, like, yeah, their agency and, like, goons, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's something you see in... Every fucking spy movie slash thriller, yeah, conspiracy they made, movie. They made a very good reason to drive the plot. Yeah, much. yeah, but they weren't they weren't anything like above and beyond special or yeah. compelling. Um, whereas like um, Zorg, for example, got you know a bunch of moments where he got to showcase his personality a bunch uh, and got like more like interesting screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he swears and kicks fish and eats cornflakes. Oh man! <laughs> I guess uh, like I might change this up later. I'd probably put them. I think in the number eighteen slot. Eighteen. Because I think I think Doom was a more interesting villain. Below Thulsa Doom, and replacing Time from. Uh, Groundhog Day. Oh, yes. yeah, that makes much more sense. <laughs> That's good. Uh, don't really have a business dad. No, he has five kids to feed. <laughs> Four kids. Uh, zero kids. They're going fast. And we add Douglas Quaid to never end the army. Does he get to keep his, like, hologram thing? Probably. That thing is powerful. He also gets to keep Michael Ironside's arms. Even more powerful. Cool. 
<laughs> I forgot how good that villain is from uh, the Blues Brothers, just good old Nazi boys in blue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, twas the movie. It's a good time. Yeah, it was good. Ooh, I'm now solidly in back in second place for movie bringer. Who's in first right now? Heather, because she's brought exactly one movie at the 13th slot. Oh, yeah, and it was good. <laughs> you brought the most movies, though, too. Yeah. Like, I think by far. Do we have those statistics? We do. They're on the far right of Tepper Stops. Mm-hmm. I have brought one more movie than Connor. But have a rating seven, uh, six higher than Connor. Connor's thing, though, is kind of bringing bad movies. <laughs> Until recently, yeah. I just, I, the next movie I bring is going to be good in my eyes, at least. All right. <laughs> Powerful words. <laughs> that hopefully. <laughs> Catwoman was good in your eyes, so. Yeah, but I acknowledge, like, I, I know everyone else thinks it's bad. But they're wrong. But, yeah, they're wrong. But I <laughs> I should have realized that you would also be wrong. Um, I will bring one that I know other people will think is good, too. All right. And hopefully I can regain my spot as not the worst. <laughs> try to try to bump uh, Connor down a slot. I wonder how high you would need to be for that to be the case. Sean shows up with Cats 2019 and goes like, "I thought people liked this." <laughs> I'm on that episode. Ten out of ten, and nine out of ten. The Broadway one's better. Okay, so for the interest of math, I just did a little test. Uh, Shauna, you'll have to bring a movie higher than position nine to just instantly jump above Connor's current. Oh, I don't think I have a nine movie in the list of potential. <laughs> would you read off the list of one to eight? Uh, so so nine would still put you below Connor. Mm. To, well, maybe not. Because like I just added you to what was at number eight. Um, so number one is The Last Unicorn. Number two is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Three is War Games, four is The Iron Giant, five is The Witches, six is Matilda, seven is now Total Recall, and eight is Conan the Barbarian. If you beat, if you could beat number six, Matilda, you would definitely jump above Connor, because that is one of Connor's movies. But a seven, if you, can, you, can, if you can dethrone Total Recall, which is surprisingly poignant, uh, you would also surpass Connor. I don't think I can dethrone Total Recall. I like, I think I... I don't think I can get higher than a 12. Oh, even... Oh, yeah, no. Even even Total Recall would put you just, like, 0. 0.05 behind. <laughs> so, yeah, you gotta beat Matilda. Yeah, I'm just gonna bring a bunch of mediocre movies that'll put me somewhere in the middle, and it'll eventually average out. Yeah. Just, it, it's like, it's <laughs> gonna be work. a slow climb. Yeah, I'm watching like, like, Shauna's movies and, uh... I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I got a pretty good beat on Tepper's uh, taste at this point, and you might be yeah. fucked, Shauna. 
I was just curious because you were because <laughs> you were saying you wanted to like quickly take it back, and it's like, well, you, yeah, you, I realize it won't to be do bad. it in one movie. You'd have to get the six, the number six slot. No, no, I'm just gonna play it safe, and Connor's gonna bring some really bad yeah. movies, and it's just gonna be a slow no. fall for them. The strategy is just, just to egg on Connor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like poison the well. Just like stand over there while she sleeps and go like, hey. Has Deborah ever seen this movie? It's really good. Uh, but the tr- the tricky part is I'm also on a few of Connor's movies as well, um, so I'm gonna get dragged down through that. <laughs> yeah, but we all are. That's gonna affect also, all of us. Yeah. Well, and also I feel like if you're on those movies, you're doing your own dragging. <laughs> it's not like Connor being on the movie is what make is making it bad. All right. Some interesting stats there. I now hold four of the top seven slots. Ooh. Which is the most. Yeah, Chris, you're on three. Neat. Yeah, but you're, once again, like, you're on the most movies, so that's, all of these are skewed. Sure. I'm on the most by one. The skew really comes around, like... Spencer and stuff like six movies is vastly different than 16 yeah but also like there are two people who have 15 and 16 and then two people the next lowest number of movies brought is 11 and 10 and then under that is seven and five like we're dropping five each time so it's I don't know it's strange it's our I don't know how to properly parse these statistics (laughs) And uh, justify who's a good person and who's a bad person, which is obviously the point of all this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm obviously the best person, as it's, as displayed here. Unless you want, like Heather could argue that they're the best person, but having both the largest number and the best average. Rock on. Uh, yeah. Do we want to wrap it up then? Sounds good. Yeah, ratings. Yep. Who's gonna get the titular one first? <laughs> oh god damn it. Chris goes first. So. What's the titular one? I don't know. Now I'm now I'm second guessing my one. It's the well, one it's the no, one. No, it's... no. Okay. I'm gonna grab it for myself. Alright. I'm going to rate this move Oh now I'm oh no, you've got my head, one. Shauna. Total. Recall it. No, I rate this movie, get your (laughs) ass to this movie. I don't know. I rate this movie 300 credits. Okay, I rate this movie three titties. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Out of two hands. Out of two hands. There you go. I'll rate this movie one giant reactor out of one. Do you want to just do yours again, Tepper, just so it's in the proper order? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, I was actually thinking about changing mine. I guess, I, actually, I'm going to do uh, one hologram out of one. No, one hologram out of one gigabrain. Uh, as for myself, you think this is my rating? It is. Yeah! Uh, as always, I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Chris. I'm Shauna. I'm Spencer. And I'm Tepper. And a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube or follow the link in the description. 